If you have heard of Isaiah Saldivar, it's very likely it's because of his connection to the Demon Slayers, Deliverance Ministry, and his very fiery brand of charismatic preaching. In fact, he came on the scene in 2022 most people because of his YouTube channel and the topics he covers on there that most people don't talk about at all. And if you haven't heard of him, that's probably why. Isaiah belongs to what I would classify as a new sort of section of internet influencing pastors that really didn't necessarily start on the internet, but begin to get a lot of traction and influence and followers around the 2020 shutdown. And we'll get to talking about the topics that Isaiah talks about on his YouTube channel, but I think it's very important to know that this is not where his ministry started. In fact, it started more than a decade ago. In fact, let's just cover a little bit of his beginnings. Isaiah was born to a Janelle and Nick Saldivar. In fact, his entire name is Isaiah Luke Saldivar. And Isaiah was born on March 12, 1988 into an Italian slash Spanish family. He was the third of four children, his older brother being named Nico, his older sister being named Sunshine, and then later his younger sister named Cherish would be born. He also has an adopted sister named Juliana. Now, Isaiah was a church kid. He grew up in church, but he would classify it as not a spirit-filled church. So by the time he had finished homeschooling at 16, he was really sort of done with church altogether. Isaiah's entire goal in life was to go to college and major in the criminal justice field to become a police officer. He had a girlfriend at the time that he planned on marrying, and he thought his entire life was on track, working at Starbucks with his sister Cherish as he went to college to become a police officer. Spending much of his free time playing in a metal band called Ourselves Among Others, specifically playing the drums. All of this began to change, however, without Isaiah actually knowing it, when his sister Cherish invited him to church. In fact, she bugged him so much, he eventually convinced his girlfriend to just go one time with him to satisfy his sister's request. In actually walking into the church, Isaiah made the comment that this would be the absolute last time he ever stepped foot in a church. That was on January 12th, 2011. And that night completely changed Isaiah's life. Isaiah recounts that while he was sitting there during the worship set, he was actually making sexual jokes about the youth pastor's wife, which happened to be the one singing on stage. Even in the message, Isaiah wasn't paying a lot of attention at all. He knew it was about world missions and going out, but other than that, not a lot of attention was paid. He himself was very aware of the need of things in the world as he had already been watching many documentaries and many documentaries about the problems that were happening in the world at the time. Whether it be water crisis or food crisis, Isaiah was aware of those, but wasn't really concerned about the Christian aspect of this at all. However, at the altar call, Isaiah says that something grabbed him and compelled him to go to the altar saying that as he was at the altar, he asked God that if he was effing real, that he would give up everything for him, starting to promise that he would leave his girlfriend, leave his job, change his entire life. Now, Isaiah claims that during the time he was up at the altar, he doesn't remember how long it was. Rather, he says that he remembers God speaking to him in an audible voice, telling him that he was going to go out into the world, that he was going to go preach the gospel in his name, and that at the same time, dirt began to come out of his eyes. He also began to speak in tongues, though he did not want to do it because his girlfriend at the time was right next to him. He covers his mouth because he was unaware of what he was saying or if it would freak her out. 
All this to say that this apparently lasts an hour or more. And after he gets up from the altar, he says that no one looks the same. In fact, the only person he recognizes is his sister, Cherish. And he says he has to go home. The next day, Isaiah claims that he gets up to go to college, and as he's in class, he begins to receive prophetic words of knowledge about people sitting next to him. He starts to see demons above other people, and he begins to prophesy over absolutely everything and everyone he comes in contact with. This obviously alarms his family. His family actually keeps him home for the following days as he doesn't sleep and begins to talk incessantly about the things that God has called him to do and the things he is prophesying about the world and what is happening currently. Eventually, his family contacts his uncle, Ben, which is also in ministry and currently in New York. Ben comes back, sits down with Isaiah, and asks him, well, if this is true, what is the next thing the Lord has you doing? And Isaiah says, revival and prayer. And so this is what they start. They start a revival prayer meeting in his house, moving everything around, moving a lot of things out, and start praying in January of 2011. This revival picks up steam slowly, firstly only starting with Isaiah's family and friends, and then branching out to more and more people showing up. Because apparently as they pray, miracles are happening and deliverances are occurring. Isaiah actually says that every single day there was a prayer meeting at his house. If Isaiah wasn't in school or working, he was at the house praying and preaching. He even speaks of a few times in which he gets in trouble at work because he's prophesying over people and delivering people from demons in the line at Starbucks. He gets in additional trouble because he is hosting actual prayer meetings and Bible studies in Starbucks before the store opens. Now, this is an interesting detail that I think is very important to pull out, because you may ask, where did Isaiah learn to preach? And we'll actually talk about the degree he has in theology later on. But here Isaiah says that he learned to preach from the Holy Spirit, and preach he did. In fact, every single day there were people at his house to hear Isaiah declare revival and call them to repentance in services that many deliverances, according to Isaiah, occurred. Now, this goes on for three months without any real official name given to it. It's just a prayer meeting that happens every single day at Isaiah's house in which people come to be delivered, to hear Isaiah preach, and worship. This entire thing is a very grassroots movement. In fact, there's no paper trail in regards to reports in the newspapers in the area of this occurring. It's just word of mouth being passed on. And that's how Isaiah's future wife, Alyssa, hears about it. Now, Alyssa isn't a Christian at the time. She had obviously grown up in church and had gone to a Christian school, but was involved in a number of unchristian-like activities and only goes because she's told by her friend that there will be attractive guys there. Well, she shows up and she says that it had a very cult-like vibe. In fact, she doesn't really remember what Isaiah actually talked about other than just he yelled a lot and she had no clue what he was saying. And at the end of the night, before she could leave, they turn off the lights, and as she's trying to get out of the house, they begin to pray for her. Now, something about this event makes her want to go back, and so the next time that her friend goes back, she asks to go as well. And while this video isn't about her, as short of it is, she gets delivered at this revival at Isaiah's house and begins to be connected with the ministry as well, the ministry now being called Generation Fellowship. Now, it's hard to tell whenever the name switches. It starts as Generation Fellowship, and then Isaiah says after some prayer, they switch it to Awakening 209. The 209 coming from the area code in which his house is located in Manteca, California. 
Now, these early days, Isaiah is very diligent to journal about. In fact, referring to the gathering as Generation Fellowship in a number of journals. It is within these journal entries that we can get a really good picture of what's happening in Isaiah's head. The chaos, the growth, the anointing he feels as if he has, and the change of life which he has experienced. Now, another enormous event in Isaiah's life happens in September 2011, in which somebody from the Morning Star Ministries comes to Isaiah's house to play music and experience the revival. They experience quite a bit, apparently, and say that they've never seen anything like this anywhere else and head back to Morning Star Ministries, a ministry ran by Rick Joyner, and tells them that Isaiah Saldivar is a very special and anointed individual. Now, we do need to take a brief detour just to explore who Rick Joyner and Morning Star Ministries are in case you're not familiar with them. Joyner is a very well-known person within the charismatic movement, advocating for the fivefold ministry and has been considered a leader of the movement since he published, quote, The Harvest in 1989. This was, of course, after him and his wife, Julie, founded Morning Star Ministries in 1985. Joyner's claim to fame, as it were, is that he predicted there would soon be a prophetic movement and a separate apostle movement that would occur in the 1990s. Now, there's a lot of things we could go in with Joyner, the controversies, the things he bought, the the ways that he spent the money and the people he backed. But all of this to say is that Rick Joyner hears of Isaiah Saldivar and what has been happening in his home. He invites him to Morning Star TV to speak at the Harvest Fest conference alongside himself, Reinhard Bonnke, and Bob Jones. Now, when Isaiah goes to this conference to speak, he says he doesn't know who any of these people are. He's never heard of them. In fact, he's only been a Christian for about a year. He heads out, he looks up who Reinhard Bonnke is, and they quickly become fast friends. In fact, he later calls him somebody that has been an inspiration to him. Now, unfortunately, there is no video evidence or audio that I can find from this conference, but we do see that after this initial appearance on God TV, Isaiah begins to appear very frequently speaking at conferences and at churches that are then aired on God TV via Morningstar Ministries. Now, this time in Isaiah's life, 2012, is very, very busy. Not only is he speaking at a number of different events, the prayer meetings have now been moved to Tuesday, and what we see is that there are still people hearing about it via word of mouth and coming from far away. We even have evidence of a sort of promotion-esque type of video from Isaiah's Uncle Ben talking about how the events are happening at Tuesday at 6 o'clock and encouraging people to come and experience God. Now, between 2012 and 2014, the Awakening 209 moves three separate times. They obviously start in Isaiah's house in Manteca, California. Then, in 2013, there are a lot of tweets that indicate that the Awakening 209 is meeting at the Christian Worship Center at 786 Button Avenue in Manteca, California. Then, in 2014, those tweets change and start directing people to the West Valley Pentecostals, located at 700 North Union Road, also in Manteca, California. This seems to be the last and permanent place of the Awakening 209 all the way until 2019, but we'll get there in a moment. Now, apparently also during this time, Isaiah is attending King's Covenant Leadership Institute and pursuing a doctorate of theology and a minor in business. Now, just a little bit of background on King's Covenant Leadership Institute, because probably like me, you've never heard of this before. Now, the only Kingdom Covenant Leadership Institute that I could find is ran by Dr. Pat Francis out of Canada. 
Now, the Institute seems to have started in Canada and then set up a campus in Savannah, Georgia in August of 2012. And the Institute is not an institute that you would actually go to and attend, but rather one that is meant to be done via satellite teaching. And the teachers that teach through this institute are Prophet Chuck Pierce, Peter Wagner, John Eckert, and Dr. Pat Francis herself. Now, as far as I can tell, King's Covenant Leadership Institute is no longer in business, nor is it giving degrees. But in 2012, both Isaiah and Alyssa were both attending this university through their church. And during this time, during a particular class, they were told to go get a word from God and not to get up until they received that word from God. Isaiah claims that he goes over by the drums and immediately hears an almost audible voice from God that Alyssa was going to be his wife. Now, she says she received no such word, but after receiving this word, he goes to his Uncle Ben, which encourages him to fast and pray about this and not to speak with Alyssa for a while, obviously letting her in on why he's not going to talk to her for a while, ensuring that this is real and not just feelings that he's having. Because you see, Isaiah had made a promise after he had gotten saved, that he wasn't going to have feelings for a girl, and he had also prayed that if he did have feelings, that those feelings God would only allow if this was the girl that he was going to marry. So when he heard this word from the Lord, he wanted to verify it. After fasting and praying, he was assured that Alyssa was going to be his wife and proposed to her on July 17th of 2012 at the end of one of the Awakening 209 services. She obviously said yes, and they were married two and a half months later on September 15th, 2012. Now, the reason for the quick engagement as well as the quick marriage is because Isaiah had a very packed preaching schedule. In fact, after they returned from their honeymoon in Mexico, they went into an intense time of ministry, a time that Alyssa says the people tried to prepare her for before they were married. Isaiah was a very popular speaker, being invited to a number of different revivals, youth events, and churches to speak. In fact, 2013 is a very busy year for Isaiah. He's speaking on Morningstar Television. He has a promotional video for The Awakening 209. And there are other awakenings that are starting in a few other places in which he is invited to speak at as well. Four such places include Awakening 604 at Transform Central Church in Canada, an Awaken 760 in San Diego County, an Awakening 770 in Wisconsin, and an Awakening 715 at Refuge Church. All of these awakenings followed by the number in which their area code is located. Now, out of all of these awakenings, we have the most video archived from Awakening 604 at Transform Central Church in Canada, a place that Isaiah apparently spoke quite often at. And because of the video archives, we get to witness Isaiah's speaking style in the early days of Awakening 209. From all of these speaking engagements, as well as all of these awakenings, Isaiah's schedule becomes increasingly busy, as he is in town only to preach at his church in the week and gone the rest of the week preaching elsewhere. This continues into 2014, in which Isaiah launches a site and blog to help people know where he's going to be speaking and the latest Awakening 209's events being held. Up until this point, there were four primary ways that they were getting information out to people about the Awakening 209. The first of which being what they had always used, word of mouth. The second way was apparently a YouTube channel, but if you click on that link, it just defaultly sends you to Isaiah's current YouTube channel, so it stands to reason that he basically just took that over. They also had a Facebook page, but it's no longer accessible to the public. And the last way was via Twitter, which stopped posting in July of 2015. 
That's very likely because in the beginning of 2014, Isaiah launches his own site and blog to let people know where he will be speaking and the latest Awakening 209 events as well as where they'll be held. The page is basically completely gone. There is very little information left in the web archive, but what is there we've already talked about. What we do know from other videos online is that he speaks a lot in 2014. Not only is he speaking at Awakening 209 on Tuesday nights, he's traveling basically every week to speak at different churches and conferences. This is basically the exact same schedule he does in 2015 as well as 2016. It's just rinse and repeat. Speak at Awakening 209 on Tuesdays, travel every week to other churches that he's been invited to, rinse, repeat, copy, paste. Now, one notable thing that does happen that's worth talking about is that in 2016, the Awakening 604 in Canada, a church that Isaiah has spoken at often, holds its last meeting at Transformed Church and does not start up again. And while it's not the point of this video, it does beg the question, are these Awakenings personality driven? Is Isaiah's fiery form of preaching actually the fuel that encourages these Awakenings to continue going? Or do some of these awakenings burn out just naturally over time? That's a question I'll let you ponder as we continue. Now, despite the Awakening 604 never happening again, Isaiah's preaching schedule for 2017, 2018, and 2019 continue basically as the last five years have. The Awakening 209 has basically plateaued, having a solid, steady congregation, but not exploding as much as it once had. Isaiah, however, is still invited to speak at a number of different churches and has taken on the title of Revivalist, speaking at Life Springs Church, Fresh Life Church, and a number of other conferences and churches around the area. He, in fact, still preaches at Awakening 715, an awakening that is still going on and started back in 2013. It is at the end of 2019 that things begin to shift outside of the church meeting of Awakening 209. It's in October of 2019 that Isaiah says that he, as well as his uncle Ben, get a word from the Lord. Words that he says match up together. Words about going online. Now, at first, they don't really have verbiage for this. They call it a living room revival. All they know is that they say that the Lord has spoken to them about going online and having churches in living rooms, basically doing the exact same thing that they had begun to do back in 2011. The big difference this time around is now they want to do a revival online, a live stream production in which they live stream from their living rooms and have living room revivals all over the country. This is something that Isaiah says that he was not incredibly comfortable with at first. In fact, he brought it up to one of his friends, a fellow demon slayer named Vlad, and Vlad actually helped Isaiah accept this word and begin to do just that, live stream. So in January of 2020, before the pandemic started, Isaiah starts his first endeavors into live streaming and podcasting with a podcast called Revival Lifestyle, with the first episode airing on January 8th, 2020. For most of these beginning podcasts, Isaiah's brother is with him as they invite a variety of different guests on. Alexander Pagani actually is one of the guests later on. Isaiah then starts a Friday Night Fire on April 11th, 2020, each live stream starting at 6 p.m. And this seems to be his first endeavors into live streaming by himself, in which he preaches and takes questions at the end. And this format seems to be the beginning of what gains his channel some traction. 
Most of these videos haven't broken three or 4,000, and the streams that do get a lot are more around the 8,000 range, and they continue to go up from there, some of them going as high as 30,000 views. His first viral video seems to be a video entitled Ex-Satanist High Priest John Ramirez Must See, and this racks up 1.4 million views. Now, Isaiah also redoes his entire site, not just his YouTube site, but his blog as well. The term deliverance doesn't actually show up on his blog until this redo in 2020. This doesn't mean that Isaiah hasn't talked about deliverance before. In fact, deliverance from demonic possession has happened a lot ever since 2011. But he makes a shift to make it an important distinguished tab on his site as well as his YouTube videos starting in 2020. And he is incredibly successful during this year. In fact, hitting the 100,000 mile mark of subscribers by the end of the year. Also, I think it's important to note that Isaiah is still scheduled to speak at a number of events in 2020, most of which he has to cancel, including the Raise the Dead conference at Glad Tidings Church, a conference that never happened, but just goes to show that Isaiah was still focusing on preaching publicly and not just online. Now, the success of his YouTube channel, specifically his speaking on deliverance, grows the channel significantly, and there's many people asking for him specifically to deliver them, something that Isaiah seems to understand very early on that he is not going to be able to do, nor does he want to be the only one doing. And at the beginning of 2021, Isaiah creates a deliverance map. This map was put together so that Isaiah could commission other people to do deliverance in their areas like he does or has done in the past. You simply fill out an online application in order to be added to the map, but the map currently has thousands of names on it, and I'm not sure how tight the vetting process is. I say this because it appears that anything the people write in the application is just auto-filled into their information on the map. Isaiah does have a disclaimer, however, at the top of the map that he isn't responsible for any of the interactions done with these people, and I'm sure that's probably for legal reasons. Now, as we've stated before, Isaiah was already known within the charismatic movement. The online presence just amplifies that. And in 2021, he makes a number of appearances on charismatic shows such as It's Something Supernatural Network. He appears on Something More with Bob Duvall, as well as Supernatural with Sid Roth on both television programs telling his testimony and starting to sell a four-part audio CD series called Be Empowered. Now, these appearances have 1.2 million views and seem to, at the very least, assist in his YouTube growth. At this time, he is getting roughly an average of around 14,000 subscribers per month, and after these interviews in July, his sub rate increases substantially, jumping from an average of 14,000 subs per month up to 40,000 subs per month between June and July of 2021. Now, 2022 brings much of the same in regards to the growth for Isaiah. While his ministry is primarily online now, he does occasionally preach at local churches and some speaking engagements. His YouTube channel continues to grow by an average of 30,000 a month with one huge spike in November of 2022. Now, I can't find anything that explains this spike, but thanks to this spike, Isaiah actually hits 500,000 subscribers. And to give you some perspective, that's 400,000 subscribers in just two years. The growth of subscribers and his views stay basically the same at right under 5 million a month. It is this spike of subs in November that brings it to a much higher rate doubling his monthly views from 5 million to anywhere between 5 and 10 million a month and bringing his average subscribers per month to 20,000. 
Now, this continued success on YouTube, as well as the connections he's made in his past with Awakening 209 and the connection he's making now with his massive growth online, seem to come to a head in 2023. You see, this year Isaiah has been part of two separate movies on Deliverance and Revival. The first being a movie called Come Out in Jesus' Name, which was released on March 13th of this year, and another movie called Domino Revival, which was released on October 23rd of this year. Both of these movies seem to cross-pollinate his audience with the other audiences of the people involved in the movies, as well as their social platform and social networking. Isaiah would, of course, say that these are not the important things. It is only the fulfillment of the prophecy and the word that God gave him back at the end of 2019. And this is where we are now. And this is likely how many of you have even heard of Isaiah from his YouTube presence, not from The Awakening 209. And now his personality has exploded online with many followers incredibly adamant at defending anyone that comes against him. And there are many that have come against him in the last few years. And that's where I want to sort of shift and pivot our discussion and end this video. We've talked about Isaiah's testimony, the growth of Awakening 209, the sort of shifts that the Awakening went through, and the offshoot Awakenings that were produced because of it. With as much preaching and content that Isaiah Saldivar has put out, it is inevitable that there would be people that would take what he said and then critique it, discerning through the words that he's used, the sermons he's preached, and comparing it to the scriptures themselves. In fact, as I was researching this video, I came across a number of things that Isaiah has said that I have a few questions about, and not just me, but apparently a number of other people as well. Now, to be fair to Isaiah, he has answered quite a few of the critiques that have been brought against him. But it seems the things he says in rebuttal to those critiques versus what he'll say from the platform preaching seem to contradict one another. And those are the things that I want to briefly look at now. With as much influence as Isaiah has, I want to be diligent to present to you the full story of Isaiah Saldivar. Not only the testimony that he gives, which is accessible from a number of different locations, but the theology and doctrines he teaches from the pulpits of many, many churches that he's invited to. 